Before we wander on into the episode, I just want to make sure that everyone goes out there and hits up the YouTube, check out the Spotify, check out Apple, wherever you're listening or watching to this ep- uh, podcast, is to go down, like it, subscribe, hit the bell if it's YouTube, make sure you're getting those reminders. We do put these out every week, um, so make sure you do to do all that. It helps us out, and in the long run, we can make better things. So again, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We can wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? Clink. Clink. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the wandering ways podcast it's me reverend mark how we doing as per usual with me is the the late ranger zach how we doing ranger zach late i'm not dead yet um no i'm good man i'm i'm good we're just living living the life making a trailer now we're renovating a trailer making it a little bit better um spending a lot of time in the garage gotta see the blue angels yesterday too gotta see those those airplanes perform uh they came to billing so neat uh it's like 40 some thousand dollars an hour for them to do their thing it's like tax money just like that american pride yeah i i've learned that um that they also do that because they have to get so many hours in the air and I'm sure it's good training because you're going to all the different places too, because you're like you get different winds in Houston, Texas than you do Billings, Montana. You know what I mean? Like you learn different into the water and all the different stuff. Plus, I mean, when you watch them fly, it's really cool and like they're some of the best. You know what I mean? Because if like you're able to take a jet and like stall it out in air and crash dive and do whatever, you know, do what they're doing and fly like this close to one another like damn like that that takes some practice and some talent you know it does it does although you know i've seen top gun so i think i can do it um ai's got it what's that ai's got it they'll they'll oh yeah 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 ai i mean they probably i mean those are that's what drones are essentially (laughs) right oh exactly so uh I mean, other than the trailer and the Blue Angels, you got anything exciting going on? Oh, what have I? Well, disagreements with Matt, but that's that's to come. That's always to come. Um, but no, we're just uh, living life kind of over here. I mean, I wanted to go up to the Beartooth yesterday, but I want or today, I guess. Uh, but I was just spending the time kind of do my own thing um working on the trailer like i said just kind of hanging out jared came by um just that guy wanted to come by hang out this weekend uh probably got to go and do a top five yellowstone episodes with him we were talking about that we we're talking about like what are the top five things in yellowstone for you and then let's just go over it let's talk about it you know and he's like hell yeah sign me up so might might, might see one of those coming here in the future um but you know just preparing got the powwow coming up um got some other shit coming up um gonna be out in oregon so always exploring there you go yeah i might actually i'm not sure yet i have to look at the schedule but uh or at my schedule but i might actually be heading to humble this weekend uh go see the red big old trees um it'll be it would be a short trip um but anytime seeing the trees is a good time so yeah, no always as i mean as you, you've talked about on this podcast man we see him multiple times while we've been on this podcast so it's exciting to talk about that maybe when you get back maybe do, do talk about a little bit what you did uh what you don't do what you wanted to do and what you did see you know what i mean yeah a lot of it depends on who's doing what on what days so it's kind yeah. of like it's kind of it's kind of like a 40-60 on it happening right now, which is kind of a bummer, but I hope the odds are in my favor 
as they say on uh, I'm pretty sure that's a movie quote. Don't know which movie, but pretty sure it's yeah. a movie quote. The Hunger Games. Could be it. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um odds that it'll be in your favor. Yeah, yeah, could be. I don't know. Is that the movie about Joey Chestnut, the guy that eats all the hot dogs, the Hunger Games? <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's that Katniss Everdeen, your girl, Jay J- J- Lawrence, man, Jennifer Lawrence. Ah, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, haven't seen it. Uh, oh, those are books. I haven't read the books either. Um, but no, we're not here. We're not here to talk about who's hungry or who's playing a game. We are here today to talk about more national parks continuing on the trail of alphabetically ordered national parks heading down to Florida to good old dry Tortugas National Park. (sighs) Don't let the name fool you. It's not dry. <laughs> no, it's 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 wet. It's very wet. It's an island, man. Um, it's out there. It's in Florida. It's doing its thing. It's the 50th National Park uh, in the Sunshine State of Florida. It was established in 1992. But I think I have read a little bit about this park, and we will get into it a little bit today. But it's kind of one of those ones that has, has changed hands. Uh, in its past Uh, it has um but fun fact i've been alive longer than this park has been a national park oh and it's a bit it's a month it's a month but you know uh so i've been around longer than this uh, has been it's been a national monument a lot longer um and it's been around a lot longer than i have been around but since it's been classified as a national park, I've been alive longer. Well, and it takes a little bit to get to. Yeah, that's true. Got to take a boat or a seaplane. Yep. Uh, it's going to cost a little bit, but, you know, that's worth it. That's what these newer bougie parks, these millennial parks, as Mark's saying, uh, this, is what, this is what they act like. This is what you got to do with them. Got to pay a little extra to get there. Yeah, going to the name, why it's called Dry Tortugas, um, it comes from two separate factors. There's no freshwater sources on the Keys uh, within the park, uh, causing early explorers to label the area as Dry Tortuga. And then Tortuga is a Spanish word for turtle, which of there's five different kinds of turtles located within this park. So... Um, essentially, all it really is saying is uh, salt water and turtles. <laughs> and, you know, I'm about it. I'm about the turtles. So why not? I am too. Uh, you know, this one is mostly water. So, the you know, the big thing to do here would be like snorkeling, scuba diving, um, which well, I'm his- sure would be an absolute blast. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you hear because is it? You hear about the Florida Keys and and the snorkeling and like it is a one of the larger it is a larger reef and you do get to see some really cool stuff and and we do need to you know protect where we can protect so it's good that you do have a place like this where it is protected and run by the national parks. Um, you even have the history side of the fort itself on the island that's kind of built there. You know the you can go kind of do the history shit too that people are into. <laughs> yeah, Fort Jefferson is uh what it's called um which uh it's kind of cool it was used as a prison during the civil war um as a war prison so um i'm assuming it was the south that had it since it's in florida so you know if uh, the good old uh the good old boys in blue were taken by the boys uh in gray they were taken out to dry tortugas um and Oh, you know, it'd be interesting to see what life was like as a POW during the Civil War, you know, because it's it's your kin, the same people. So, you know, did they torture you? Did they treat you like shit? I don't know. Haven't read any books on it. Well, I'm reading here, right? Dry Tortugas National Park now protects the stout 
brick hexagon of Fort Jefferson standing 45 feet tall with a circumference of nearly half a mile. This imposing bulk word guarded America's trade ships from pirates of the Gulf of Mexico through the later half of the 1800s. During the Civil War, Union forces also used the isolated location of this Florida Key as a prison for deserters. One famous inmate was Dr. Samuel Mudd, who had bandaged and and splinted the leg of John Wilkes Booth immediately after Booth had assassinated President Lincoln at Ford's Theater. As as a prison, Fort Jefferson was difficult to maintain, no fresh water was available on the island, and tropical storms wrecked havoc on the fort's exterior. The archipelago, utters lack of fresh water, earned it the unfavorable description dry. So, kind of, there's a little, so it was Union. Yeah, that kind of surprises me because it's so far south, you know. Right. But I mean, Florida's, you know, you got to think about where where the Union was and how they were able to establish some of those uh, larger cities, you know, uh, like the trade cities and stuff and have control. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just it's surprising when you think you hear north versus south and you're like Florida Keys, it's pretty south. (laughs) No, exactly. But they remember they're working their way north. This is true. They are. They are uh, working their way up that uh, up that far north. Um, you know, it would it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to go check out the fort. Um, and that, I mean, it, this area, this part of the country in general has a very interesting history. Uh, just because one, it has American history, but then two, well, I guess technically it's still American history, but like it has all the pirates and, um, you know, the, the fishing and stuff. Um, and it's got, you know, the Spanish explorers coming over too. So it's got, this is, uh, I I think I saw, where did I see this? Um, yeah, the area possesses possesses one of the richest concentrations of shipwrecks in North America. There's nearly 200 ships sank in the surrounding waters before and shortly after the construction of the Garden Key Lighthouse in 1825. This includes several vessels from vessels from the famed Spanish gold convoy of 1622. Um, submerged artifacts include anchors, cannons, pottery, and other maritime items. Uh, who knows? Maybe... Uh, you probably can't keep it. Probably a big old no-no because uh, you shouldn't take anything from a national park. But who knows? Maybe you can find something and uh, you can get uh, it put in the museum and go, hey, I found that. And it's right there. Right, right. Definitely look at the rules ahead of time, like you're saying, because it could be a big no-no to take anything. They might want to preserve some of those shipwrecks or like you say, uh, maybe there are some things where it's like, oh, yeah, if there's gold, bring it back to the museum because they want to clean it up and, and display it, like you're saying. So definitely talk to the rangers uh, beforehand, look at the website beforehand uh, and see what that is. Um, I, I saw that and I was thinking about kind of the histories, like you're saying, when you look at like a park like this, because you have like the U.S. histories. Um, but you also probably have, because of how old it is, you probably have uh, like the War of 1818 uh, with the, with Britain, probably have some of that uh, history as well with the fort. And then you have, like you're saying, right, like it was Spanish owned. It was French. Florida was French owned at one point. Uh, now in modern day, you have a lot of like the Cuban history and the Dominican Republican history, you know, the, the Haitian history, the people who journey over and kind of what Florida has become. So you definitely get that change of history so these these places have really seen different hands um over time and then like again key west florida right so how does it look in comparison to some of the other surroundings in key west right like how how well is it taken care of um, as a park there's a reason it's a park (laughs) yeah right this got a lot of the reasons uh to become a park you know it's got the historical uh, it's got the beautiful nature, um, especially the coral reefs. Uh, anything in the ocean is especially fragile um, nowadays, especially nowadays. Um, so, you know, just and this is just a quick glance. It hits all the check boxes of uh, deserves to be a park. So I can only imagine 
going there and seeing it for myself going like, Oh, now I really see uh, why this is a national park. Well, it's interesting too, because I'm reading here, right? It even played an important role in the Spanish American war. Another one of the most interesting yet little known dry tortugas national park facts is that dry tortugas and Port Jefferson played an important role in more than just one American war. In January of 1898, the USS Maine weighed anchor near Dry Tortugas before heading to Havana. <clears throat> While reaching anchor in the Cuban harbor, it blew up and sank. 265 uh, men were killed as a result of the explosion. The United States blamed Spain for this tragedy, moved move to recognize the independence of its Cuban colony, and immediately declared war against the Spanish. During the war, Fort Jefferson served as a military hospital. It also served as a supply base for American forces headed to Cuba. The Spanish-American War ended before the year was over with the defeat of Spain. Cuba became an independent nation in 1902. Fort Jefferson was also used by the military during World War I as a seaplane base and a wireless radio station. Its harbor was used during World War II by torpedo boats, minesweepers, and a convey escort vessels to protect against the threat of German submarines. That makes Definitely. sense. Um, so, no, I mean, yeah. ton of history. I mean, I'm I'm sure, and I'm sure there was well, maybe not just because of when it became like a national park and timing. I was going to say maybe during the Cuban Missile Crisis it was used, but um, right. you know, it 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 probably they probably didn't use it during that um, specific time period, um, right. It was, yeah, yeah, just change of hands. You know, you, you look at, I don't know if you've ever been, I've been to, uh, oh, what's that fort there in Maryland uh, where where the Star Spangled Banner was written? Uh, oh, I don't know. Trick. Fort something. There's so many of them. Um, but that one is kind of cool. And I think like going there, that feeling because of kind of how it's built out on the like peninsula that they built it on i could see probably where like an island base like this one kind of like by the pictures kind of looks like that in a way to me um yeah and i'm all right like i can i can get on board with this like i can kind of start to see kind of that and then when you think about the tropicalness like you're saying added on to that like even the coral reef because like if there's a bunch of boat wrecks, they're wrecking on something. <laughs> so like cliffs and stuff, you know, so it looks cool, man. I mean, I, I think when you look at Florida, this one is on the top of the list because you just hear and see good things. But I think you have to tie it all, all into a larger Florida trip. Oh, yeah, I totally I totally would make it a longer trip um, by going down to do like Tortuga, dry Tortugas, um, the Everglades, uh, and then, oh shoot, what was the other one we did? Um, uh, we did, it was another tropical, no. not Congaree, it was, uh, it was that other island, um, Biscayani. Yeah. Yes. Biscayani. Um, that one I would do, I would do all of those, um, in one Florida swing. Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, dry tortugas is the only thing that's taken me to Florida. Um, so it's kind of bad going for it. The Everglades, I think, would be neat. I do think the Everglades would be cool. Uh, you know, the Everglades have the issue of uh, everyone, everyone in Florida dropping their uh, pet pythons off in the Everglades. They've seen like a drastic drop in small rodent populations. I think it's like, I think it was like an 80% decline um, in small rodent populations because people just, I mean, people go out there just to hunt the pythons um, and they're encouraged to do it because you know, they're, people are just literally dropping them off <laughs> that's wild man that's shitty i mean that's why we can't that's why we got to watch ourselves with the animals we move places um it's it's crazy uh but it i do want to see the everglades I, uh yeah. moving back to dry tortugas pirates and privateers use the harbor at dry tortugas uh just when you thought we couldn't come up with a more unbelievable dry tortugas national park fact 
the Spanish were not the only ones interested in dry tortugas. The Spanish, French, British, and the Dutch fought to control the lands and seas of the Caribbean. And this created an opportunity for pirates and privateers. For over 300 years, pirates and privateers, private vessels composed of mercenaries that were hired out to different countries, attacked and robbed treasure from the merchant ships heading into and out of the ports along the Florida coast. After these vessels attacked and took their treasure, they would sometimes try to elude any pursuers by escaping into the shallow waters of the dry tortugas and the other Florida Keys. Florida even has its own history of pirates who tried to attack Spanish vessels to steal goods on board. Well-known pirates like Sir Francis Drake, Robert Sorrells, and Harry Jennings were among the first pirates to leave their mark on Florida's history. Which, uh, you know, the amount, uh, the number of um, if pirates and privateers are using it, trying to evade in the shallow waters. It makes sense why there's over 250 uh, shipwrecks and a lot of treasure in this area. <laughs> right. That makes you want to find like the private areas to scuba dive and find not the private or the public, you know, where you could take treasure in this area. You I think know, like technically you're not, even if you find it like not on national park uh, land, I think you're technically not supposed to like take it because it's considered historical. Um, and I say that because, you know, fairly recently they found that Spanish vessel, uh, near like Astoria seaside, the one that the Goonies treasures, like, um, made after like that, that all went historic, like monument or historic in the museum, all that. And the guy that found it isn't allowed to keep any of it, even though he found it, reported it, um, He's wow. not legally allowed um, to keep it. I do. I have heard rumors that um, he has taken a couple things from the ship uh, as memorabilia of him finding it um, and thus won't say names, even though I don't remember the guy's name. I've been told his name, but I don't remember his name. So uh, that's just good. Keeps him safe. <laughs> No, it is. And that makes sense. I mean, I'm, I wonder if that's like an Oregon law or like a U.S. law, right? Like, because it's, yeah. it's a U.S. thing. I remember. Um, yeah, I remember hearing the story because it's kind of a shitty deal. They and like they don't give you anything for finding it. They're just like, oh, cool. Thanks. We'll take it all now. That's kind of fucked. But it's yeah, the world in, right. Choose to live in. No. Um, anyway. Uh, another not so fun fact, right? Kind of sad, um, is that the seals living there were Caribbean monk seals, which once ranged throughout the Caribbean Sea. Unfortunately, they became a rare species as they were hunted and caught for food. The last confirmed sighting of this creature was in 1952. In 1996, it was declared to be extinct, and this island used to have a ton of them. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's sad, um, but it's pretty on brand uh, for us <laughs> as humans. So, uh, can't say I'm too surprised uh, by that one. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> Right, it's got a, it's it's just sad, is what it is. But yeah. You, yeah, you move on, you figure it out, right? Yeah, it 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 really is. You you kind of wish. Uh, I I haven't seen. I'm sure the numbers have somewhat grown, and they are kind of back. But you know, they're definitely not at the numbers that they once were. Um. <clears throat> We mentioned it before, but, you know, sea turtles make their home at dry tortugas. So uh, when Ponce de Leon and the, his crew arrived, they marveled at the presence of so many sea turtles. The low sandly, sandy islands of dry tortugas actually make excellent nesting places for these creatures, which is why they are so plentiful. While there are only five miles of sandy beaches that provide a suitable place for turtle nests, they happen to be among the best nesting areas in the Florida Keys. 
And the temperature of the sand helps to determine the sex of the turtles. At a temperature of above 85 degrees, the eggs are approximately evenly divided between males and females. Higher temperatures increase the number of females, whereas lower temperatures increase the number of males. So... Fun uh, fun to know that because global warming is going to be a thing, there's going to be a lot more female uh, sea turtles probably in the future. So uh, that'll be fun to see, uh, you know, the climate impact that has on the sea turtle population, just more ways for us to kill them. <laughs> right. I, it's Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong because it's just interesting because it's like, they they're gonna start finding places like that, but then what happens when like those places change? You know, like it's could there it's because it's like this. There's some of these last places. These are our last resort. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's sad, and but it's cool that the turtles like this spot. Um, apparently, there's also crocodiles here. Yeah, of course, there's crocodiles. Um, I'm sure. You know, down there, there's those ferocious animals they call gators and crocodiles, um, yeah. you know, but you probably have seen it in a while. Um, they have crocodiles. They have corals. They have nurse sharks. They have reef fishes. They have the turtles, like you're saying. They have uh, about 300 bird species. Um, so it's a good birding island if you're into that, which I know some of you are. Um, it also has some threatened and endangered species, um, including various species of turtles, sea corals, and birds. So definitely be aware of the endangered species and what our impact could do to those species. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, 99% of this park is water, um, you know, and it's not a big park to begin with uh you know it's only 101 square miles so approximately 100 square miles of it around there is going to be water uh i know you mentioned it was an island but it actually consists of like seven little main islands comprise uh just one percent of the park the islands are loggerhead garden bush long and hospital keys as well as the east and middle keys um so most of it is you know, being that water, you're going to see a lot of coral reefs, a lot of marine um, marine life. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that there's a bunch of birds um, around this area. Um, you know, marine, marine waters tend to bring a lot of birds because access to food. Um, you know, there are a lot of marine birds like the protected land around those waters, like you're saying, like where they can come nest and they have, and they even, you can see here on their website, they have the national parks website. That is uh, like they have closures and limited operations for power boats in certain areas. Like this one's for garden key uh, closers on parts of garden key and loggerhead key um, bush keys closed for birding nesting season. So some of these are for, I'm sure the turtles and all sorts of animals as they come on through, you know, um, so definitely keep, keep mind, you know, where you can park, where you can't park, where you can and can't go. Um, because like you're saying, this is a lot of water. Um, so if you're arriving by boat, you know, in your own boat, you know where to go. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's actually very, very good, um, uh, to know and make sure, uh, that if you are going by boat, be smart. In need of LED lights for your vehicle? Look no further than our friends at Oxteo, keeping our vehicles well lit while on the road while looking for Bigfoot. Make sure to use code RUGARU, R-U-G-A-R-U, on your next set of LED lights. The Wild West is full of dangers, from snakes to bears. The outdoorsman must be prepared. That is why when you experience rivers like the San Juan or the Yellowstone, you must bring a blue ribbon net. Handcrafted and biodegradable, these classic wooden fishing nets are all you need while on the river. Make sure to use code RUGARU10 when checking out at Blue Ribbon Nets. Again, the code is RUGARU10. R-U-G-A-R-U-1-0.
Alrighty, uh, Dry Tortugas, lots of fun, lots of cool shit. Turtles, we love turtles, we love birds, we love animals. Um, but most importantly, it's full of cool shit like the next part of the podcast, because it's my favorite part of the podcast. <clears throat> cool shit in nature. So, got some fun doodles, some fun ones up for you. Uh First one coming at you is a good old silverback gorilla basically stopping his buddies from fighting each other. In a zoo. Um, I know. It wasn't a zoo, but, you know, I feel like this happens in nature as well. Well, yeah, I would I'd hope so. Yeah. Oh, but it, I mean, it's wild. I mean, that guy, he grabs him and then he just like right here, he takes him and he's just like, yo, cool your shit. We don't need to be starting anything. Well, especially because that other one's got the baby on it or, you know, on its back. Mm-hmm. He's like, hide your kids, hide your wife. If you fuck with them again, I'm coming for you because we don't do that shit around here. He put him down and just told him up. Told him straight up. Yeah. You know who needed uh you know who needed a gorilla looking after him? Harambe. Yeah. R.I.P. Wow. Harambe. They killed him. They murdered him. They did. They did. Uh moving on to the next one. <clears throat> this next one, uh i I've sent it to you. Um, and honestly, I've been Every time I see anything involving uh, Patagonia, which is where it is, um, I'm just going to keep sending you them because I just want to keep sparking this as the next place we go to. So um, anytime yeah. I get a Patagonia thing, just be prepared to get it also there, Zach. <laughs> That's fair. Patagonia or Japan, man. Honestly, I just had a conversation with a friend, uh, Chance, about going to Japan and he was like, take me with you, man. I know what to do. And I was just like, your budget's also way higher than mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, not happening, but maybe we'll see. I'll let him know when we go. But I mean, if he's willing to share the budget, you told me the budget he had for Iceland. And I was like, holy shit. Seven times our amount. Yeah, I know, which is wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's all right. Well, I guess that's what you get for selling art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. I guess that is. When you're good at it. When you're, when you're good at it. Yeah. Um. Well, bringing us back to drag this. Um, subpar parks with Amber Share. We got nothing to do but walk around. Nothing to do. Most of us call this exploring, and I'd be more than yeah. happy to around this remote island and historic port. But if walking around isn't your thing, given that it is an island, you could also lounge on the beach, snorkel, kayak, swim, or even scuba. Heck, boat. Yeah, right. There's plenty of stuff to do. You can do more than just walk around. Um, fun fact: There's actually a campsite. Uh, dry tortugas um, it's a small one um, but you know it is right next to good old fort jefferson um it would probably be kind of cool to camp there not gonna lie uh, it's first come first serve no reservations so uh, make sure you get there to claim your spot not the only thing i heard too that you uh you need to be early at right is the boat terminal if you're taking the boat to the island. Oh, uh, yeah, that would make sense. Plan to get to the boat terminal well before 7 a.m. just to be sure you aren't late. Uh, that is the check-in time. It departs at 7.30, and they are not going to wait for anybody. Uh, people say get in there about 6.30 just in case you run into uh, any issues. But that is something, one. Um, camping, the, 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 the tip, crazyfamilyadventure.com is who, who I'm getting this tip from. Uh, ideally, we'd recommend you go and camp for a few nights. 
if you take the ferry over, you can camp on the island, like you're saying. You'd have to pay for it, and prices vary based on when you go, but it isn't much more than the tickets to get there. Totally worth it, they say. Um, there's also a link where you can do that they have on their website. Uh, there is no running water on the island, so come prepared. The website does a great job explaining things uh, you should do if you plan to camp. Yeah, water would be the biggest one um, since there's no running water and there's no fresh water close by. So, uh, you know, if you camp, you're definitely going to have to make sure you pack water and lots of it. Yeah, no, and I mean, that's something that we, we've learned on our trips. I've learned for sure more and more water. You can't, can never have enough water. Hydrate or uh, dehydrate, gang. It's a lifestyle. That's what I always is. say. It is. And it's, 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 it's a Reverend Markism. Um, another cool thing, and this one comes from my secrets of the national parks, right? And this one's talking about the coral reefs. Okay. Some of North America's most pristine coral reef clusters around the low lying islands of dry tortugas ships carrying everything from Spanish explorers to coffee and tobacco used to get tangled in the seven sand and coal islands, about 70 nautical miles from Key West, Florida. So it's not a surprise that this park is both naturally beautiful and historically significant visits often start at Fort Jefferson, one of America's largest masonry built forts snorkelers at dry tortugas, which is only accessible by boat or seaplane. Uh, need to wade into the water to see purple sea fans and brain coral along with the blue head rice and rainbow parrotfish. Less known is that this is also one of the country's best places to see wild conch. The giant shelled mollusks populations have shrunk, but here they still crawl among the seagrasses. So if you want to see conch. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. To see, I mean, the shelling's popular in Florida. You know, when we were talking to Rachel about all the shelling, so I, I'm not surprised that uh, you can see wild conch um, right there. No, I'm not either. Um, there's a lot to do and see at this cool park. I mean, you got you got a lot. Um, some facts. I got I got a fax page pulled up. Uh, more than eighty thousand people a year come to see this spectacle. Um, it was nineteen ninety two. Okay. That's it. They don't got a lot of facts. It's not a big park. No, <laughs> I, no, fact. it's not a big park. I mean, it's only again one hundred and one square miles, so there's not a lot there. Um, the a fun fact for you, though, the lighthouse on Loggerhead Key, although currently inactive, once held the brightest light in North America. Some wow. also claim that this lighthouse is further from the mainland than any other lighthouse in the world, at more than 70 miles from Key West and more than 100 miles from mainland Florida. So if you uh, wow. like lighthouses, which, Zach, I know you do, this could be the place for you. You know, and I was looking at that because you're talking about the Loggerhead Reef and the Windjammer site, which is another cool thing you could check out while you're there. Uh, south of Loggerhead Key, the site was discovered in 1971 by an archaeological survey crew. It was not until 1990 that the vessel was identified as the Norwegian Avanti, which sank on January 22, 1907, while en route to Montevideo, Uruguay, from Pensacola. The Avanti, originally named the Killian, was an iron-hulled, three-mastered ship built in 1875 by the British company John Reed & Company. It, all, it had a length of 261.4 feet, a beam of 39.3 feet, a draft of 17.5 feet, and a gross tonnage of 1,862 tons. The Avanti is an important example of a large sailing vessel built relatively late in the age of sail. It combines smooth and traditional architectural lines with newer, more durable building materials. The development of the iron hulls in the mid-1850s offered ships that ship designers significant new possibilities. Iron hulls could be built much larger and cheaper and had greater capacity than wooden vessels of the same dimension. 
and were far more durable. Importantly, the use of iron contributed to higher profits, a crucial factor in the highly competitive shipping industry of the late 19th century. Even these structural breakthroughs could not postpone the inevitable. When the birth of the steam propulsion and the age of sail was rapidly coming to a close, large sailing vessels like the Avanti were some of the last tall ships during, built during a romantic age of sail. The vessel was carrying lumber when it was lost. However, the events of the wreckage are still unknown. NPS maritime archaeologists speculate that the vessel was lost in a storm, the wreck divided into two main wreckage fields, the bow portion lies in the east-west direction and is approximately 110 feet in length, and the midship stern, mizzen, and main mast structures lie in a north-south direction and also roughly 110 feet in length. That's a fun one. Just a cool, just a cool, cool, um, cool thing, you know. Just yeah, like the. Ju- I, I got a, I got a question for you involving, uh, this park. Let's say you're going, uh, you're going, in the summer, nice weather, whatnot. Uh, would you be just okay with snorkeling around, or would you go and get scuba certified to scuba dive? In dry tortugas, I you know that that's something I would like to do. I, I I think getting a scuba license it would be worth it just to be you know it's just to up your game. Plus you could stay underwater a little bit longer. I think, um, which is something I'm about. Uh, I I would like to explore more. You know, because like that was the whole thing when I saw the turtle that time. Um, you know, I was like out far, you know, in deeper water, and that was something I wanted to do from that coral reef, uh, in Hawaii. So I would I would say yeah I'm down I would I would I would like to get scuba certified. Um, there is a place here in Billings I can do so. Um, I I, I really think it'd be cool. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> you know we mentioned quickly the uh, the um, Florida like if we went down there the Florida like hit Everglades and then uh, Biscayne. Um, you know I think probably not the Everglades but between dry tortugas and biscani it would be worth scuba certifications um cuz right. then you almost turn it into a big old scuba trip um where you get to go and really see some cool shit right no i i i think that would be a thing uh to do for us when you're talking wandering ways Zach and mark trip for sure um because like i'm looking at like a lot of the other stuff right like so it's like boats so there's a lot of rules and you got to get permits and stuff if you're going to bring your own boat there for where you can park and where you can't park uh there's like yeah like you're saying the swimming snorkeling and diving it's like yeah i think getting out there and actually being able to see some of the like neat stuff would be worth it i mean i would invest in like a water camera system for my camera probably if that was the case too um but then i was also looking at like something that i think i would want to do there that you might not be also into but the fishing yeah i had a feeling you would probably bring that up yeah i mean why not man you can go uh you can go fishing you can catch some big fish down there there's florida's known for fishing yeah i i mean it is you know the those big marine fish um you know Everyone always talks about catching tuna, and then it's the fight of your life when you catch a tuna, you know, especially right. if it's one of those big old, big old yellowfin ones where, uh, which would be wild. Because um, some of those fish are huge. And then you have the sailfish. Uh, those are mm-hmm. massive ones as well. Yeah. I mean, now I sent you that video of that guy pulling that fish up on his kayak. It's crazy ass motherfucker pulling up a sailfish, probably down in Florida doing it too. Like, I know he's pulling up a fish that's bigger than his damn boat um, onto the kayak. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? You're going to tip. Yeah. How are you getting in? that? I had, the, they ended it without showing how he got it. Like, did he let it go? Uh, I think they get like, how did he get it back? to the shore if he kept it like i had a lot of questions that they just didn't show <laughs> yeah i think he did let it go um just based on like how you handle a situation like that you gotta throw it back but that's definitely something i'd want to try i'd want to try and do that and i i think yeah those those tuna i mean you can watch that uh wicked tuna that they go fish those bluefin tuna up in like boston you know out there in boston fishing in massachusetts out in the water in the harbor 
Oh, 100%. I know a lot of people that will go like um, out um, off the Pacific Ocean tuna fishing. Um, so, you know, if I've talked to a lot of people who have done that. And they always talk about, they always go like, you haven't had a fish fight until you've fought a tuna on the, on the reel. So. Um, it's not technically a dark sky park, but it does have good star viewing. Uh, that kind of makes sense. I'm, I'm not surprised that it's not a dark sky park for some reason. Um, right, but you can still see them, which is good. It does allow that. Um, mm-hmm. But it makes sense. I mean, they talk about the pollution, like pollution and different things as well. Um, it's a beautiful, I mean, it's a beautiful place. I definitely, it's on the list, but like we're saying, because of where, you know, we're in the at, absolute exact opposite corner of the United States, essentially. And I, I think about that and I think about, like you're saying, we're going to have to do this in a trip. It'll have to be a bigger trip. We'll have to get scuba certified. Um, and we'll, it'll take some planning. Cause like you said, like the other thing too, the, you have to book these trips. You have to, book yeah, this the, is one where I think you plan a little bit more than others. Um, you know, you know, if we, if you go to, you know, we've, we've thrown out that New Mexico kind of Southern Colorado, um area like if that was you're not putting in the same amount of trip planning for that one or even like a sequoia kings canyon there death valley you're not putting in the same amount of planning and preparation as you do for this one down to florida right no exactly because you're going to have to book times you're going to have to book you know where where you know a death valley it's like i would hike this trail when i want to hike this trail (laughs) Yeah, right. And uh, like Death Valley, biggest thing is making sure it's not too hot when you go to Death Valley. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, when you go to Dry Tortugas, you're like, all right, well, the plan is to go scuba diving. Okay, well, where can I go scuba diving? Do I have to go through a service, you know, book things? And then you got to make sure you make the ferry over to Dry Tortugas there at uh, early in the morning. So, that in and of itself makes this one even if you're just going to dry tortugas to go to dry tortugas there's more planning in it because it's it's hard to get to okay so with that being said because there's two options right the the seaplane which is about an hour and the ferry is about three they say and i'm I'm just guessing that the ferry is a little is cheaper i think i did see that with the plane is more expensive money no option what are you taking uh money no option what are we doing are we just going to explore dry tortugas or are we doing like yeah, scuba I, I, or snorkeling but, there between between the the plane and the and the ferry i guess it's, it's just one or the other getting there well yeah. I, I i get that part but you know if you have to bring more equipment i think it's probably easier just to take the ferry um right where if like you're renting so, equipment or whatnot, the plane. Or if you're just if you're just gonna you know walk around and maybe just snorkel at uh, at Dry Tortugas, then maybe you take the plane because uh, it takes you to have less to bring, um, and so it's just easier to travel by plane at that point. That makes sense. Makes yeah. Sense. So. That's how I would answer it. I mean, money, no problem. The plane, because it's easy, it's way quicker, you know. But if you got more stuff, you probably want to take the ferry because they probably limit you um, weight wise on uh, what to bring over when it comes to a plane. No, you're probably absolutely right. Didn't even think about that. Didn't even cross my mind. Plus, I think you'd see more on the boat. Yeah, I mean, I mean who doesn't see, love a good boat? But I'm sure you'd see some cool, like, the pods of fish and stuff sometimes in a seaplane if you're flying at the right altitude. Because you don't fly too high, you know? Yeah, oh, the, the plane would be really cool because, you know, you're going to be able to see things from above. So you're going to be able to see, like, if you see dolphins or something, you're going to be able to see them. You're going to be see, able to see massive schools of fish, you know? and And then 
because down there the water is fairly clear you can see the different kind of shapes of like the underwater uh environment where it's like okay here's sandy then oh check out there's that coral that kind of you know there's the loggerhead key and so you can see all the different kind of more of the environment and the habitat ecosystem differently than you do from a boat you know the boat you're going to get great views i think um but you're not going to get the water views as much like into the water right no that makes sense i feel you and it's probably a boat that goes on the same path so the animals avoid it <laughs> yeah um but yeah no i mean that's dry tortugas uh there for you that but we are coming up upon our time so that means it is time for final words uh final words my guy it seems like you're in a singing mood which is good that means it's 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 a happy time it's a good time it's a good podcast talking about florida talking about traveling uh you hear a lot of people talk bad stuff on florida here we are talking good stuff on florida definitely go check it out there's good and everything <laughs> But I'm definitely, I want to go check it out. Um, this is on my list. I mean, we got a long list. Let's say that. And there's a lot on there. Um, we'll see it all one day. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, we're just checking it out. And you need to go check it out. If you're in the area, go check out Dry Tortugas. Um, these places are protected for a reason. It's a national park for a reason. Um, and that should be alone what you need to have to see to go and see it so that's pretty much it you know i'm i'm going to get out and about i got some projects to work on um i'm gonna be traveling when i can be and exploring when i can be and i hope you have a good time down in the redwoods mark reverence final words of wisdom say beautiful everybody can't tell you how much i appreciate every single one of you for sticking around listening and all of it i do hope i get down to the redwoods um you know there are a couple things uh you know i think i just saw a schedule that got popped out um so might be able to find out a little bit more you know a lot a lot more moving pieces for me uh this time of year that uh limits uh the stuff that i can do um because uh i'm one of the busiest people out there not gonna lie so um but anytime you can get outside even if it's for a little bit even if it's a little walk through the local park um it makes it all worth it um especially when the weather is nice or not smoky or not burning everything because uh, it's so gosh darn hot but with that being said peace out everybody Bye.